Hi all, welcome to Anime Echoes. So we'll be going through Bakano Light Novel 9, um, pages 1 to 23. So this is about an insecure twin, a girl who needs a smaller camera, and a man who's probably explaining way too much. We start the volume off with the epilogue, just like the last volume. A girl comes out of a train, and she seems to be really quirky. We find out that she's the assistant to the vice president of the Daily Days, who's also on the train. They were the only two taking the train. I really like the character designs of these two characters, like the vice president looks really dignified. He sounds like he talk like, a noble should act like this, like, and the assistant is a girl who is really small. It's written in the novel that the way she, um, like she doesn't match the camera that she's actually holding. The camera itself is way too big for her, and because it, because it is, it makes her look even younger. You get the vibe that if she tried to take a photo of a bird, for example, that because of the weight of the camera, she would struggle to actually press the button, and then the bird would fly away. But yeah, they have a pretty fun dynamic. Um, she seems to be like a pretty carefree child. Like, she doesn't seem to be really young, but she does like spinning in circles, which is pretty childish. The vice president, on the other hand, can't help but respond to any questions or comments she has without giving a dignified and lengthy explanation. We get an interesting conversation where the girl's journalistic instincts wants her to publish articles about the journey that they just went on as fast as they possibly can. For those instincts, the vice president awards her with 2,648 points and then proceeds to explain how that despite journalists wanting to tell the truth, the journal itself needs to be sold. It needs to make money, some dough. And that this can be done through bluffs, like clickbaiting and things like that. But what's important is instinct, luck, and stamina for a journalist, which I think is the instinct to know what a good story is, the luck to find a good story, and the stamina to keep pushing forward. Having good instincts, good luck, and stamina are all good ingredients for being a human being as well. My interpretation of this is that he's saying that the ingredients of being a journalist require the ingredients of being a human. So all in all, I think she gave a good response. She did get 2,648 out of 2,649. So her perspective that the speed of articles being important is close to accurate. A good speedy article requires good instincts, luck, and stamina. And so being a good journalist is equivalent to being a good human being. Maybe what the author's trying to show is that it doesn't matter really what type of job you're doing at the end of the day. The fundamentals of being a human are what's important. To get the results that you want. Having the instinct, the luck, and the stamina. I think that's what this conversation is saying. After this complicated conversation, a lady comes out of nowhere and she's now right behind the vice president. Since it is just the two of them on the train, or it should be, it comes as a huge surprise to Carol. Carol's like, who the fuck is this? I didn't. I thought it was just the two of us. And the lady comes out and she states that her name is in fact Hilton. And she says that it's nice to see them again. So we know that that's the name of one of the twins. I'm guessing the vice president and Carol met her or one of the collective of the twins on their journey. She's after information from the vice president, knowing who he is, so knowing that he's Saint Germain from the Daily Days. Now that the vice president knows that Hilton knows who he is, 
he advertises his agency. He's like, shit, let me make a sale then. But Hilton pulls a pistol on him. And obviously, if someone pulls a pistol on you, you're going to get scared. And Carol does get scared. But the vice president is pretty unfazed, having a gun pointed at him and him being robbed for information. The vice president has balls of steel. He fires back and says that Hilton should call, should stop calling himself or herself Hilton. That that's just the name of the collective. That she should tell him her individual name. So we know that Hilton is the name of the collective and she is one of the twins. So we can assume that Sham is also the name of his collective. Also, what's interesting is that Hilton gets pretty pissed. Like, it's a sore spot for her. And I do think that's interesting because immortals can't talk about their name near other immortals. And now again, names are a trigger point for Hilton. And it's not just like a trigger. Like, she gets angry. She's like, this is one of the things I hate about information brokers. (laughs) Which is kind of funny because that's the purpose of information brokers. You know, to have information. And I think names are really important in this series. Like, even in the previous novel, Felix Walken was also a name that travelled between person to person. I wonder if the name is key to defeating a twin. I think that would be pretty cool. Since at the end of this scene, we hear that the vice president will be giving information to Hilton, we know that this novel will surround the events of Chicago. In the previous epilogue of Volume 8, we find out that Sham, one of the twins, will be narrating the events of Volume 8, and that the parts that he wasn't present at will be done by the information broker. And most likely this information broker they were talking about is the vice president who's going to be narrating this volume. That being said, there's a big difference between Sham and Hilton. Sham was not destroyed, and Hilton was. In fact, Sham was quite energetic about talking about this story, and he couldn't contain his emotions. That the emotions was a core part of the narrative. On the other hand, the other twin, Hilton, is alarmed that Huey lost his eye. She wants to know what happened, and it's implied that the Daily Days had a part in it. That they perhaps teamed up with the enemy of Huey, or that's just one interpretation. Either way, Hilton was there in Chicago, but there are parts that she doesn't know, and the Vice President now be giving the unbridled truth to her, and of course, to us. So this was a pretty great introductory epilogue. It felt like there was a lot to kind of glean from this. Like more mysteries were created as a result of this, um, and all the character introductions were really fun. Um, And seeing one of the twins expressing emotions was good to see, because they felt so like ominous before, but now they feel kind of human. Especially Hilton. Like she's just freaking out like, oh, Huey's eye. Like she's just, she's going nuts. I also like the small gesture the author used to showcase that Carol was scared. Instead of her, you know, just looking scared or some basic shit like that, the author writes that she moved to the shadow of the vice president. I don't know why, but I thought that was a really great line. Like it's something a little kid would do when they see something they're scared of. Also, the vice president's eyes were like constantly used in this scene, showcasing that they were always serious and like squinted. Also, how he wouldn't move to any threats or bite his tongue at all. He had a good showing against someone with a pistol, so he was pretty boss. You get the impression that he always has like something to say or like a lesson to give. So yeah, cool dude, good opener, and yeah, keen for the next scene. So with the next scene, it begins and we get introduced to the rest of Lamia. 
But first, we actually learn about some history about Chicago, which I thought was really interesting, like how it exists between Los Angeles and New York, how it became a hub of culture that eventually, um, because of a great fire, the place was burnt and then rebuilt with non-burning material. And then from that, resulted in the first skyscraper named the Home Insurance Building. I love it. When the author provides like some history for the setting the story is going to be in, it makes it feel alive and breathing instead of just some location on a map, you know? I actually get to learn something new about a place that I don't know much about. I'm from Australia, so I know about kangaroos, uh, but American locations, they kind of lost on me, so I thought it was good. Now, onto the story. So one of the Lamia members is a guy with a hat that keeps his eyes hidden, and he tends to speak in poetry. The quirky thing about this guy is he responds or talks in really complex ways. He uses a large number of words to say just about anything, and the rest of Lamia comment that his ability to do that shit is a skill in of itself. But they say it because it annoys the shit out of them because he never talks directly at all. The reason he does this, he says, straightforward speech defiles the souls of words. He loves words and comments that words are power. That words and sign language are amazing things that help someone communicate with another person. That words can completely express the whole world. And here's the interesting part. Hold on to this because this will get complicated. He says a look is better than a hundred words. So basically what he's saying is a glance, which is a look, is a better form of communication than speaking 100 words, which you would think sounds contradictory to what he was talking about before. He just talked about how words are amazing, but it's set up for his rebuttal. He goes to say that 1,000 words can accurately describe something. So 100 words isn't enough, but 1,000 words is. So basically, with 1,000 words, you can accurately describe something. And then he says with 10,000 words, it can turn a sight on its head. When you think about what it means to turn a sight on its head, it's the same thing as saying, turning what you see, so the sight, into something that is different, which is on its head. So to turn a sight on its head is to make something different to what it was before. And he's saying that using 10,000 words is enough to do that. And I think this makes sense. If you use 10,000 words to describe something, then you're probably over-describing something to the point that it becomes a shadow of its previous self. You describe it so much that it becomes something different. Like with 1,000 words, you can describe a mug. There's even a phrase we use, a picture is worth 1,000 words. And a picture can be anything we see, really. But let's say you're trying to describe a mug with 10,000 words. It's so much language used to a certain point that the mug will no longer be a mug. Like it, won't, it will no longer be the thing that you're describing. It will feel like something else. It'll feel too busy. The cherry on the cake is that he says that one, I mean 100 million can recolor the world itself, which means that you describe something in such detail that it's no longer the original object at all. It's no longer a mug anymore. It's something else. It's changed and probably reflects too much of your own inexperience for it to be relatable to anyone else. Like to be able to use that many words, it has to be super subjective, super subjectively described. 
and what's more sub- and what's more subjective than your internal world as you said before a hundred million words can recolor the world it will recolor the world based on your own subjectivity now here's something even more interesting all of this is explaining the same thing that alchemy does alchemy is the process of changing the fundamental properties of one thing to another right we know this and alchemy is a key key theme of this series it's almost like the author is saying that the use of words is an alchemical process in of itself the more words you use the more alchemical it is the more things change it's not warped i want to add this isn't something like negative just changed transformed fucking hell i didn't think i'd explain that but i hope you guys you know i hope you guys got that now regardless of all that the poet who's saying all that is the one who's always getting the beaten beaten the shit out of he tends to get his shit kicked in by sickle so she's a woman who apparently has pretty dead eyes she hits him and kicks him and mocks the way the poet speaks and says that he's just complicating things rail who's also another member thinks his use of the words is fascinating but he also considers the poet's use of the words to be a perversion most likely because he's just making things complicated for the sake of making things complicated which is a fair point against him to be honest like there's a time and place to be poetic and he just does it always now there is a moment where he is being straightforward and rail notices this and he likes it um uh, but that doesn't last long and also like sickle despite teasing and kicking the poet and getting annoyed she understands him straight away like she can understand his complicated mess immediately so it's clear that sickle is quite intelligent understands like complicated shit just really easily she's probably pretty bright as well um but she just doesn't value the way the poet spins his words and ultimately wastes her time like rail can't understand the poet uh so we can assume that sickle is smarter than rail rail is very much a kid um he's just cackling with laughter and he's being eccentric i really like rail and sickle's design so far I do wonder if we'll learn how like Rail got all these scars on himself especially being so young probably Huey's experimentations another cool thing about Rail is that he hates Huey everyone else calls him master but Rail sets himself apart by hating him he doesn't like Huey like at all uh there's also someone else there his name's Frank he has like a pretty burly body like a really huge dude he does seem kind of timid and he's shaped like an overgrown baby just more you know huey experimentation shit either way all of the lamia members are coming together and this is the first time in forever according to them so exciting times for them um we also find out that christopher is still missing and it's been a year so that's a while so that's really interesting there and christopher's really separating himself from the lamia group as a character so this is really fascinating and him not appearing at all makes it like all the more interesting the four of them are expecting chi and lisa to arrive as well and at the end of the scene lisa has arrived i also want to add the first scenes from this novel we have two characters that talk fucking complicated like the vice president from the daily days talks really complicated and now the poet who talks even more complicated than him but then doesn't really say much because you have to like decipher every single thing he's saying So, you know, I I'm just wondering is there going to be more complicated talkers? 
Um, I mean, I feel like a lot, like a lot of the main characters, like even Claire, sometimes can talk like really complicated. So, I think this is just you know a bucket of thing. Uh, but yeah, either way, it's a good scene. Um, I enjoyed seeing all of these like new personalities. They all seem distinct enough. Um, so far, I'm really interested in um, Sickle and Rail. Those two, in my opinion, have the best designs, and right now they they're getting the most intrigue from me. The poet is cool too, but like the rest of them, sometimes I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> it's it's hard to decipher. He's like uh, this thing and blah blah blah, and he just goes on for like a while, and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy even saying? But I think there is, like, this is Narita we're talking about, so I know that like most likely a decent amount of the stuff the poet is actually saying will probably be relevant. Um, but yeah, this is a good introduction to these characters. Um, I've been waiting to see these characters for a while. Like I wanted to see most of um, Lamia for a long time now. So it's good seeing them. Now, thank you for everyone for listening. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Anime Echoes. That's two words. And if you could leave a review or a like, that would be really helpful. Okay, thanks again and have a good one. Bye.